1: You're rocking out to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and we're bringing you our review of Studio 666 starring the Foo Fighters. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff,
2: and I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist,
1: and we love to talk all things. And
2: in Studio 666, iconic rock band Foo Fighters move into a haunted mansion to record their anticipated 10th album. Once in the house, frontman Dave Grohl finds himself grappling with writer's block and supernatural forces that threaten both the completion of the album and the lives of the band
1: dun 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 that's usually the sound that you make yeah. when these <laughs> overshadowing synopses are read but studio 666 is directed by bj mcdonnell with a screenplay by jeff Buller and rebecca hughes from a story by dave Grohl.
2: the movie stars of course dave Grohl, nate mendel pat smear taylor hawkins chris Shiflett Rami Jaffe, Whitney Cummings, Leslie Grossman, Will Forte, Jenna Ortega, and Jeff Garland.
1: Now, before we kick off to Hmm. talk about this absolutely batshit film, (laughs) what is your relationship with the Foo Fighters band? Are you a fan? You like their music? Oh,
2: 100%. I grew up with the Foo Fighters, so you're a little younger. I was going to ask you if you were familiar with a lot of their music. I mean, I couldn't pick probably some of their more obscure songs out of a lineup, but yeah, I definitely know all the hits.
1: Yeah, look, uh, one of my favorite songs ever is The Pretender, and I have to yeah. say that I probably burst a few blood vessels in my eye like rocking out to that song, <laughs> like nice. in front of my bedroom mirror growing up. It's just such a big, oh, loud, angry song. It's awesome. Mm. Wow, let's kick off talking about this movie, Lee. Where do we yeah. begin? I
2: mean, it's not your typical horror film, obviously. Indeed, you might liken it to something like Spice World, although nothing, <laughs> although nothing like Spice World. <laughs> obviously. What a way to
1: begin. I'm (laughs) sorry. You're comparing Studio 666 (laughs) with Spice World. Well, it is a a band movie, right? If you put it in that genre.
2: Only in the sense that it is a band playing a fictionized version of themselves in weird circumstances.
1: It's quite interesting that you pull out um, Spice World because the director, McDonald, he referenced that Spice World is one of the only most recent band movies that we've got. And that was way back in, Ninety-seven. So these films come around few and far between, don't they?
2: They do. And could you imagine if this starts a trend, you know, like Red Hot Chili Peppers Road Trip movie or oh my God. Offspring Fighting the Zombie Apocalypse or Garbage in a Fantasy Epic? I'd love to see it.
1: Lee, there's a couple of really good films to throw into the development barrel yeah. also. I'll just throw in there just because I have to. Yeah. Spice World 2.
2: <laughs> Spice World 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. So, well, the story is not typical, but it begins in typical horror fashion with a gory mm. kill right off the bat. It's set in 1993 when a band called Dream Widow are all brutally murdered while recording an album in this spooky house that the Foo Fighters will later come to inhabit.
1: Absolutely. It really does open like you are watching a horror Film. It's a gruesome, mysterious kill. It feels like the opening of a scream film, doesn't it? And interestingly, Jenna Ortega yes. is the, the girl who gets slayed or slashed or whatever in, in the opening opening scene. She's
2: becoming our very own modern scream queen, isn't she?
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see her get uh, murdered in another movie. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be a thing. That sounds
2: a bit off, but yeah.
1: It does. <laughs> so,
2: fun fact here, this house that the movie is set in is actually where Foo Fighters recorded their 10th album, which is in the film what they're recording.
1: That's cool. That's quite meta Mm -hmm. of of the boys as well to base a fictitious film about them recording their 10th album in this house when they actually, Mm -hmm. in fact, did in real life. That's cool.
2: Now, this film is full of so many silly jokes. Were you into them?
1: I was so into them. I'm so into Dave Grohl's like comedic talents. Yes. You know, I was chuckling at every glance he made at the camera, every yes. reaction, the banter between the band members. You know, you can tell they've been together for over 20 years.
2: Yeah, their natural chemistry really makes this what it is. And, again, Dave yeah. Grohl is such a natural in front of the camera and he's really enjoyable to watch. I think you, I you heard me chuckling all the way
1: <laughs> through it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the chuckling was mutual. But, yeah, yeah. you were getting a real good kick, <laughs> kick out of Dave Grohl, that's for sure.
2: There's a few cameos in this film too. Obviously, we mentioned the actors that are playing alongside the Foo Fighters band, but godfather of slasher horror, John Carpenter actually makes a cameo, as does Lionel Richie, which I think got the biggest laughs of the film, didn't it? Well,
1: it was just so well set up. Like in the context of what Dave Grohl's dealing with, a new spin on the term writer's block Yeah, they coined the phrase songwriting constipation and so he's (laughs) (laughs) trying how good was that he's trying to come up with a new sound a fresh sound they want to break the mold with their 10th album and everything's in his head but he can't get the sound out of his head Mm. and he ends up like thinking that he's got this new sound but he ends up playing songs they've already written and there's this great moment where he sings an iconic Lana Ritchie song yeah. who shows up in context it's great
2: yeah and he's like leave my songs alone get your own song <laughs> it's just <laughs> exactly. so left field it's just so funny
1: yeah it's awesome and this film is full of those left field left of center mm. funny moments it's just a laugh a minute
2: so director BJ McDonnell he's actually worked as a camera operator on films like the upcoming Top Gun Maverick He's worked on Malignant, which we loved the cinematography in that, didn't we?
1: Gorgeous. And
2: other horror flicks. So he knows what works in a horror film.
1: Yeah. And just to build on that, the scale of this film really is to be admired. Like Mm. I thought I was going to be coming into a really cheap looking, especially from an aesthetic point of view. Mm. Oh, it's just the Foo Fighters making a, a movie and having some fun and being silly. But the production values are really something special here. Like it's actually quite slick. Uh, and visual mm. visually it's amazing. I, I was really surprised.
2: No, I wanna take a minute to highlight the amazing cinematography. The job was actually split mm. in two because um it was filmed during the pandemic and they had to halt production yeah. because of the pandemic. So I think initially Eric Leach was brought on board. And then he had to go off and do another job and Michael Dallator came on to to finish the film and he's done Brightburn, which is another really visually stunning horror film. You know what? I find that
1: so interesting that two director of photographies Mm. have taken on this film and it still feels visually coherent. You've got two different people with different sort of ideas and visions. It could potentially be a real visual mess, but Mm. here you, you uh, you couldn't tell the difference, I don't think.
2: I also want to really call out The editing, which I thought was extremely Mm. tight. I'm not sure who the editor was, but I really enjoyed it. It made the jump scares all that more effective. They lingered on Dave Grohl's facial performances, you know, just long enough. They moved on from the bands who aren't quite as natural in front of the camera, you know, where needed. I think it all came together quite well.
1: Absolutely. And you know, the power of editing is is something so strong in making a film work or not. And I think this all, all the people that are involved in this project cohesively work together to deliver the things that you expect from a horror film. Mm. You have an abandoned house, you've got a creepy neighbor, you have weird sightings, demons, yeah. a mystery cult sort of subplot, and characters going absolutely mad. Yeah. Like it's just it's just a wild ride, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Getting back to the story though. I felt it did go on a bit long.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, you get climax and then you get more climax and then it's kicking the climax in the nuts, quite literally. And then you get the explanation, <laughs> which I actually yeah. did, fully didn't grasp.
1: Yeah, I was confused. I don't
2: think it was set up enough throughout the film. I'm not going to give it away, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, the, the hanging twist at the end of the film wasn't explained very well either.
1: I, I unfortunately feel the same way. As much fun as as I was having... Mm. The film ultimately, it's, it seemed to like lose its purpose and the pace got a little muddled up towards yeah. the end, especially in the third act. And I don't think it could figure out what it was going to do to bring it all together and how yeah. it was trying to make it all end. I think it got lost.
2: And I don't think it was down to the premise. I think the premise was actually quite good, you know. I'm, I'm quite strong. impressed with Dave Grohl for that, mm. that effort. Yeah,
1: because it's his story, as yeah. we mentioned at the top of the episode, but then picked up by some screenwriters. He, he had a very strong vision yeah. of this film and that, that much is clear. It's just a shame that it didn't piece together quite so well yeah. at the end.
2: And it's funny that in the film they're trying to make this – iconic song they're trying to finish this Mm. this magical song and it goes on for so long like Dave Grohl just keeps it going and going the guys are like it's a 44 minute song when's it gonna end (laughs) you know it's a never-ending song but then it did start to feel like a never-ending movie
1: Yes, that was quite ironic that that sentiment that the characters are feeling was ultimately what we as the audience are Mm. feeling about the film, which is a real shame. I mean, the movie on paper doesn't seem all that long. It's less than two hours, hour and 45 minutes, but I really think...
2: I was going to ask you if you knew how long it went for.
1: Yeah, hour and 46 minutes specifically. Don't ask me why I know that off the top of my head. You always know these Um, random facts. But... I feel like it probably could have trimmed maybe ten to fifteen minutes. Do you think it would have? Yeah, it would have been a little bit tighter if they were able to do that. No, I'll
2: agree with you there. Yeah, let's talk about the special effects for a second. Mm. Okay, the practical special effects are quite rudimentary, and I think on purpose, but they were effective. I thought, you know, when, it
1: ha- when you say rudimentary, what do you mean?
2: I mean like obvious dummies being cut in half and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a silly B movie level of special effects. And I think that's on purpose. Like it harkens back to retro horrors where it's gory but not so realistic and kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, the kills in this film are wild and they are to be commended. It's incredibly satisfying gore to the point of ridiculousness and it just wants you to go on this ride to laugh out loud to get through the absolute disgust (laughs) and and grotesqueness that you're seeing on the screen. It's very Mm. self-aware of that.
2: I mean... Speaking of self-awareness, I guess we have to talk about the performances, don't we? We've we've alluded to it a little bit. Grohl just seems very relaxed in front of the camera. He's charismatic. He's enjoyable to watch. I really had a good time with him as the front man and the lead in this film. Yeah. The rest of the band weren't as agonising to watch as these things can sometimes be, right? Like, And I think that comes down to their natural chemistry as a band and the fact that they've done this kind of thing a lot in their music videos. Mm. You know, they're known for this kind of playing around and banter and silliness. And the only thing that's different is this is longer and there are words involved.
1: Words involved, like actual dialogue actual and di- script. <laughs> not <Yeah>. singing. <laughs> I think they were encouraged to improvise where possible just because the natural chemistry between mm. them exists, having been a coherent band, group for so, so mm. long. There were clear, uh, let's just say, better actors than others without <laughs> dancing around it. You are right, David Grohl, he carried the film. You could tell he was having a lot of fun mm. um, and especially when he turned evil he fully embodies that role and some of the greatest moments I enjoyed out of the the other band members was just their like their reaction like (laughs) one of them screaming over and over again is somehow just so satisfying like a a grown man in their like 50s (laughs) or whatever age they are just like (laughs) it's (laughs) so good
2: yeah totally totally
1: And there was a lot of, like, really good banter. You alluded to that before. There's one of the band members who alludes to having a lust for another's grandma. (laughs) You know, one really leans into more spiritual guru vibes. Like, you know, there's a lot of just really random silly shit that goes on in this movie that's really fun.
2: And I think you're right. When you say that they were allowed to improvise a bit more, that does help. But it can often hinder Mm. because some people just aren't natural improvisers when there's a camera turned on by As I said, I think because these guys have been doing this kind of silliness and really hamming it up in front of the camera for so long, they mm. can do it. They can do it together.
1: And it brings me back to the point you made earlier about how good the editing is, the choices in the shots, the performances, yes, and and keeping it the the comedic timing short and sharp and snappy yeah. like that. That goes hand in hand with those improvised moments.
2: Let's talk about the other actors in the film. The only real actors, mm. uh, Whitney Cummings is a is a comedian. She plays the neighbour, the very lusty, groupy neighbour. She really brings her A-game. I enjoyed her performance quite a lot.
1: Yeah, she was a really nice, quirky addition to the mix mm-hmm. and it balanced out really well. I had um, some really big laugh-out-loud moments, especially her behind the fence. I think you can recall <laughs> yes. that particular moment. It's just like, of course, like, it yeah. just worked. <laughs>
2: yeah. Jeff Garland plays the Foo Fighters manager I felt like he was phoning in the performance. Yeah. Is that
1: his real voice? Because I felt like a cup of tea with some honey after that because, (laughs) you know, he's like gargling gravel up there on the big long table.
2: He is kind of like that. But I I just think maybe he was improvising as well and it wasn't coming off quite as well.
1: Yeah, probably mainly it. it it stood out so much is because all the band members were quite relaxed in that scene Mm. and he was like on it 110%. So it was very, very big juxtaposition, but I still enjoyed his, he was just mad and he sets up the whole thing. He sets them off to go to this, haunted house to record their 10th album because he's hemorrhaging money. And so, you know, yeah. he, he just had this wild, like, I, I'm in debt. I need you to do this yeah. for me. I'm sick of you telling me you've got this album in your head. Like yeah. You're going to put it into a record for me. So he, he was like one and done and we never saw him again.
2: Yeah, they really lent into that cliched manager money grubbing role, didn't they?
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, Will Forte mm-hmm. as the delivery driver, he was cool, right? Do you
2: know what? I love Will Forte. I really, really love him. He's obviously a Saturday Night Live alumni. And my husband and I especially have this quote from when he was in How I Met Your Mother. Uh So he's speaking to one woman and he's talking about koalas for some reason. I think he's like maybe a koala trainer or a zookeeper or something. And he says their meat is delicious. (laughs) And it's so random and creepy, but it. My husband and I quote that all the time.
1: <laughs> What's on the menu tonight for you and Ollie? Is it koala?
2: Their meat is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: dear. Well, on that note, Lee, do you think it's time that we wrap up and rate our take On Studio 666.
2: That seems like a bit of an awkward moment to wrap it up on, but also very fitting.
1: (laughs) Very fitting. (laughs) Okay,
2: so fans of Foo Fighters will love Studio 666, while horror purists and critics will pick it apart, and they have, much like Grohl did the corpse of his bandmate. (laughs) The film is described as a horror comedy band movie and that really tells you everything you need to know. It's a fun and silly B movie that does lose its head and its edge in the third act but just adjust your expectations and rock on. I'm giving Studio 666 two and a half popcorn kernels.
1: Love that Lee. Well look I love me some Foo Fighters antics and I've never seen them like this before and I had a great time this movie honors the horror genre in satisfying and successful ways with the practical effects delivering a gruesome and visceral experience to say the least it also builds on the foo fighters reputation in the music video space and expands it into a slick fun and wild movie but the story as we mentioned does drag on loses a bit of steam and purpose leaving you a little confused and wondering what the point was after all But don't take it too seriously. Like you said, Lee, there is a lot to enjoy from this one. So go check it out if you're wanting to experience something just a little different. I'm also going to rate Studio 666 two and a half popcorn kernels.
2: Well, there you have it, guys. Studio 666 is in Australian cinemas now for a one-week special event season only from February twenty-four. Check your local listings for session times.
1: All right, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening.
2: And we'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube, guys, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one.